So all this negative news in the world has got me thinking and one of the greatest things that you can do to kind of bulwark your mind against all the constant negativity and all the other BS in the world at the moment is to kind of just consciously think about what you're grateful for. I'm grateful for my friends. I'm grateful that I have a roof over my head. I'm grateful that I get to choose what I want to eat every day. You know, all of these things are huge things that we take for granted. And it's so important to realize that not everyone gets that. Most people in the first world countries do, but not everyone gets that. The vast majority of the world don't have a fridge. The vast majority of the world don't have the opportunity to utilize the internet to learn new things. All of these things that we take for granted, you could be positively uh, happy to have them and show gratitude for them. And that alone, if as long as you consciously do it more often, that alone can do wonders for your mindset and uh, positivity and just general attitude in this day and age. Because Lord knows we need it at the moment. So give that a go just as often as possible show gratitude and, and feel gratitude and tell people that you appreciate them in your life because you know vocalizing compliments is another thing that I try and do if, if I think something in my head about a friend or even a random person to be honest if I think that's a cool coat you know I, I really make it a point to go and say hey man I really like your coat just whatever you know it's it's easy once you do it a few times and it's also a bit of a challenge to kind of increase your social skills and just challenge yourself in a different way to just open up a conversation with a stranger. Um, they're mostly people you see maybe, in, they're in your community at least, you know, your hometown and I think it's good to kind of develop those relationships with people. You never know who you're going to talk to and you never know what kind of friends you'll make maybe uh, from just the casual compliment that you kind of pops into your head as if you see someone you like their clothing or you like their style or whatever or even fuck it you don't even have to think that you just maybe go out of your way to give a compliment to someone you don't know like if a stranger comes up to you and says hey man your hair's looking really good today and then just goes about their business or whatever you know tell me you don't think about that for days afterwards and how good it made you feel you can do that to someone else you know, people are out and about and just kind of make feel, people feel a bit better in this time where there is so much negativity and, and BS flying around. Anyway, that's my spiel about gratitude. Really uh, has helped my mindset a lot. Uh, and, you know, the things that go wrong in your life really aren't that bad compared to what could be going wrong and what could what ex your experience in your life could be like compared to some of the lives that humans have had to live on this world it's a very it's it's one of the best times to be alive i know sometimes it feels like oh i wish we'd go back or whatever but relatively in terms of the level of prosperity and lack of war kind of that we're exposed to really on a day-to-day -day basis and the security that most people have in the first world countries at least that's pretty unprecedented and it all gets swept on the rug because people get worried about all these kind of minute details that you don't really need to get, you shouldn't be getting that upset about, you know, we, sh we should all be able to kind of work together and, and figure this out. But, you know, people people get upset about silly things is, is my kind of point on that. There's a lot to be grateful for. There's a lot you can still do in life. And I think it's just good to be conscious of that fact every now and then. So I want to open the Soulcast episode, what are we, 11? Cool. Double digits now. Um, a, a question that I've actually got uh, a few times um, in the recent weeks. So I thought maybe it's, it's current or at the moment or relevant at least. Maybe some people have been... The question I got was, how do I get over a breakup? I feel like everyone has to go through it to really understand it. Once you go through it, um, you know, you, you have the kind of tools to, to deal with that. But when you're first going through it, it does suck. Whether it's young love or just your first proper relationship and you had to break up. Uh, I went through it at high school level, uh, which, you know, whatever. That's like a teenage love. So it's kind of different to the, to the real thing, I guess. 
Uh, but, it, but it does suck, breakups, and um, getting over a breakup is, is hard. So it, it also depends on, my advice would depend on how you broke up as well. If some breakups can be because you are moving to different areas, different colleges is one that I got, you know, with my girlfriend and I going to different colleges, uh, really sucks because we have a good relationship and we have to break up and, you know, what do I do? And I don't think long distance relationships really are the, the move. If it's a short term and you can get through it and you're both committed, sure, you know, a few months, everyone could do that. But over six months to a year, I feel like, you know, it's just, unless you're married or whatever else, that's not, that's not really what I'm talking about. I'm talking about just the kind of casual, not casual, but younger girlfriends that you may have. You're not serious. You're not going to get married. I think it's just better off to leave it where if you are, come back to a time where you can hang out and, and date properly in the same city then cool but especially for your first girlfriends chances are you're, you're just gonna have a better time if you kind of go your separate ways but that's kind of beside the point not really what I was asked how do you get over to breakup say you, you're uh, you're breaking up with a girl you have broken up and you feel like shit maybe you feel lonely that's a big one is if you've gone for a long time with a girlfriend and, and spending to time together at night and cuddling and all that that gets uh, literally and, and literally addictive in the terms of the dopamine levels that you get used to, but that's kind of why you feel bad when you stop it is because your brain isn't get as, getting as much dopamine. So you're addicted to it in that sense, but also it's just nice to hang out with someone at night, whereas otherwise you might be by yourself. Uh, if, if you don't have a girlfriend, you're not getting re any other real human contact, which is another kind of issue with with Western society at the moment a bit is there's no physical affection shown between humans. You know, I hug my friends. I think it's important for you to hug your friends and just, you know, it doesn't mean anything other than I appreciate you and, and all that. And you're not going to cuddle your boys, you know, <laughs> I'm not saying do that, but at least sometimes show, show your physical affection in a hug. But yeah, you lose that. If, if, if you then go from cuddling a girl to, no physical affection no physical affection is is bad for humans full stop um there are a lot of you know serotonin levels oxytocin levels they all kind of get boosted when you're cuddling with another human your brain recognizes that it's a good activity so it can feel quite shitty when you come out of a out of a breakup and also if it was a bad breakup you feel bad because maybe you hurt the other person or or they've hurt you but the initial stages of a breakup, it's usually caused by those, you know, those chemical feelings in your brain and it's just all going haywire. You feel lonely, you feel sad. So it can be a bit daunting, but it will fade. And the saying, time heals all wounds, that's true. For the most part, day by day, it just gets easier and then you realize, oh, okay, I'll be okay. You know, it sucks. But I'll be alright. Maybe you meet another person uh, down the line. That sometimes helps when you you kind of eliminate the loneliness version. Maybe you just make a new friend or or another person that you may be seeing romantically. That seems and maybe maybe you meet someone that's even better and and you get along well with them to the point where you go, oh maybe it's, you know I was so involved with this previous relationship that I didn't consider the possibility that other relationships might be better or could be better. That's also a possibility. I'm not saying, you know, get with some random just to get over it, but more so conceptualizing the idea that there might be other people out there, you know, that the world's a big place and you might change as well. They might change. It's not the end of the world if you're going through a breakup. Um, you find one girl you you like you know there'll be others so as far as tools for managing the breakup uh you obviously my advice would be to go to the gym a lot of that negative emotional energy you can work out through physical exercise you're not as 
doom and gloom and, and worried about it when you have those post-workout endorphins going through you. Uh, you could just exercise all that tension out really and, and utilize that physical energy that if you don't use it, then you start to get anxious even normally. Uh, and then, you know, you add a break up on top of that, it's gonna feel worse. So you can mitigate that kind of side of it by throwing yourself into working out. You'll, you'll feel better about yourself if the breakup has maybe take a hit to your self-confidence or your self-image. If you're working out a lot, you'll, you'll start to feel better and look better and, and be happy that you're doing something positive for yourself. So maybe your self-esteem raises a little bit. So that's a really important one that I would recommend for sure. Keeping busy is a, is a big one, I think, in general. So you can spend more time working out or just being outside in general, but also trying to see your friends more. Sometimes if you've been in a relationship, you have neglected your, your other friend relationships. I don't recommend that. I think you should always try and invest in your friend relationships at all times, even if you do have a girlfriend or boyfriend, of course. But some people, you know, you spend a lot of time with someone. I've done it in the past before. It's just kind of natural when you have those first girlfriends. But yeah, make it a point of, with your new free time, uh, seeing your boys more or, or seeing your family more and maybe pursuing a, a hobby or an activity that your, your partner didn't necessarily want to do with you but you were always interested in. Throwing yourself into a new hobby or activity will, will give you the opportunity to kind of take your mind off it um, and, and then just letting that kind of time spent doing other things <clears throat> help to yeah, mitigate just kind of being lonely and, and, and wallowing it in it. You meet new people doing the hobby. But yeah, overall, breakups suck. That's just the name of the game, as it is what it is. There are things you can do to kind of take your mind off it, but overall time just kind of heals all wounds and it's not the end of the day of the breakup. You know, you'll be right, you'll live. I know it seems bad, but trust me, you'll look back and be like, oh, oh well, one day. So gyms are open again, which is, I can't even describe how good it was to be back using proper equipment, getting out and about, just being social, people around working out, um, just being able to have heavy weights that I didn't have to balance or, or grip weirdly. I was using a stick in between two plastic buckets filled with sand for rows you know it's all it's okay um and pull-ups on the on the rings are okay but it, it just doesn't compare to the the heavy deadlifts or yesterday i did squats uh with a proper rack and proper barbell and and decent weight just no nothing better and going back in there i was quite smart i did my what kind of routine I was doing before still, but just with less volume, not, not less volume, less weight than I, I would have before. Cause I know, I knew I wouldn't be as strong. It's just, you know, it's unavoidable. You haven't lifted those weights for so long. You're going to lose strength. It's fine. It, you know, it is what it is. So going back and just, just really easing up a little bit on the gas pedal, at least until your body is a bit more used to the extra weight and training with that, with that, uh, intensity again. Super important, because otherwise, yeah, you can be like, yeah, let's just fucking go, dude, uh, back in the gym, let's fucking kill it, bro, and uh, just get a bit over the top. But why would you do that? Just be smart about it. You're going to prevent injury. You know, your joints as well will probably be a bit weaker because they haven't been, uh, they haven't been forced to hold that load in a while. So, yeah, I eased up. I did legs. It was a good time. Big pump. Sauna's open soon as well. That's been a big one that I've missed is the sauna. So good for recovery. I do it after every workout, 20 minutes, uh, without fail, and then on my rest days as well if I get to the gym. Because there are so many different benefits, but I just feel better, your skin looks better, um, you're way more relaxed. When I come out of the sauna after a gym session, my mind is just blank. There's nothing, there's no annoying no uh, thoughts or or worries or anything that pop in my head. It's just pure kind of peace in a way uh, and it lasts for a while. So that's nice to have. It's a bit of a, you know, it's a bit of a bit of a grind doing 20 minutes, but that's the point as well. It's almost like it is a mental exercise to just kind of boost your willpower in a way. If you're regularly forcing, it gets, it gets hot. 
you know, and you want to bitch out and you want to go out, just go in there, just go in the cold shower, dude, like it's fine. And you go, no, <laughs> don't bitch out and you stay the full time. I do, when you first get into it, 10 minutes break, then do 10 minutes, but 20 minutes straight is the goal just for a solid sesh and you can be happy that you, that's a decent amount and it really going to get a lot of benefits from that. So if you're not saunering, come on, bro. So very happy they're opening up again as well. Definitely just feel better overall. Less pain when you're in the sauna, regular saunering. It helps It helps get blood to all the kind of connective tissue and joints and cartilage because you get so hot, everything just gets flowing. You're, you're breathing, uh, like your nasal passages and everything, they expand so you can breathe a lot better, kind of clears your nose so you can get some good quality breaths in. Um, opens up your sweat pores obviously sweating out of every all the surface of your skin so you're clearing a lot of toxins and other things that that gets excreted through your sweat so really no negatives i definitely want to have a uh, sauna at my house one day that would be the perfect start to the day is just kind of wake up have some lemon water with salt head to the sauna and just chill there for 20 minutes or so and kind of limber up and stretch for the day I reckon that would just be awesome. And then you have a cold plunge pool. So that would be just like a meter squared thing that you could jump into, even just an ice bath. I know you can get them so that they can just be on all the time. Uh, well, sorry, cold all the time. Maybe it freezes a little bit overnight. So definitely want to get one of those as well. I think that into the, the sauna, into the cold plunge to start your day, Whew, nothing better. And then sauna obviously after the workout as well. All right, if you're listening to this still, then that means you have to do 40 push-ups uh, as quick as you can, really get those, get that pump on. Uh, we're gonna have a little break. So go to the push-ups, come back, and I'll see you uh, when you're a little bit pumped up. So we're coming into the second part of the Soulcast, episode 14, uh, and we're going with a few different questions uh, that people have submitted recently, or topics. First one, ways to start cleaning up a diet and follow something along the lines of yours. Okay, well, it's very simple. Don't eat anything processed, and that means anything processed. So whole foods, if you can look at it, it's one ingredient, you can chop it up into little bits, 
you know, cook it as is, that, that's usually a good sign. Anything that comes in a packet or a manufactured container, if it has packaging other than the natural skin or, or something, it's, it's usually a bad move. But can I eat McDonald's? No, what do you think? Everyone knows the answers to these things. Everyone knows what food, in general, uh, that they should be eating. It's just, you know, what tolerance you allow yourself. Um, so, first steps to cleaning out the diet, I guess, is to uh, cut out processed foods. So, I mean, the smartest way to do this, you know, I can say, you know, have 100% discipline all the time, but that's not realistic. That is not really what happens. So, if you want to take your first steps uh, to cleaning up your diet, the first one I would recommend just for the first week, cut out any liquid sugars you're having. So whether that's a soft drink at the night um, or an energy drink during the day, just those those sugary drinks. If you're drinking a lot of juices, um, juices can be good if they're freshly made uh, and you know it's it's not like you're trying to put on weight. Uh, or you're going to utilize the calories for weightlifting or something, but most people that's not the case. So cut out your juices, cut out your soft drinks and do that for a week. Um, and then when you feel like you're used to that, uh, you know, anyone can just swap over to soft drink to water fairly easily. That's one thing to think about. Um, you know, the first step is um, you want to want it to be like a small change so that you can stick to it. And then I would look towards changing, like if you're eating out more, obviously cooking for yourself. Um, if you don't know how to cook, that's a vital life skill I would recommend, obviously. Uh, I think developing a, a healthy passion for actually getting deep into cooking and having a few, you know, actually enjoying the process instead of just thinking, oh, I have to cook dinner tonight, you know, just really kind of get into the flow of it. Um, try and concentrate so you, you know, if you're chopping up stuff, you don't accidentally cut yourself. Being kind of that, bring that forced awareness um, and consciousness to the moment is really cool. And I think you can do that pretty well with cooking. You know, it's just kind of methodical. You've got to prepare the ingredients, chop things up, um, you know, use the frying pan, whatever else. So it can kind of be like a meditative experience. And that's how I try and do it at least uh, and then you're also more focused you're less likely to spill something um, which I find is like a anytime you like bang your leg on a coffee table or you know you spill some water or something it's usually because your head is elsewhere and you're not thinking about what you're doing in the moment okay now I'm you know walking through this coffee table uh, past this coffee table I'm actively like being aware of where my body is in the moment and having control of the muscles while I'm walking and being focused on that uh, you know you'd be thinking about work or something else and then you bang your knee and it fucking hurts so it uh, things like that are like little reminders to take our attention back to the present moment um, and it's painful yes but the pain is uh, useful in that way same with if you're cutting and you're not thinking properly and then you nick your finger it's like ah oh, shit now ugh. yeah no shit I wasn't I wasn't thinking about the task. I was thinking about cutting. I was my mind was elsewhere, so that's just like a little reminder to take you back. So, I, th I think there's um, <laughs> next time you hurt yourself or spill something, think about whether it was you know you were actively focused on the on the thing. It's usually not the case. Uh, but where was I? <laughs> uh, yeah, cleaning up a diet, cooking, uh, get into that. Even if you just learn how to you know what spices go with what meat, uh, you know rosemary with beef. Um, mixed herbs you know you can just experiment and see what you prefer as well um, I don't necessarily do extensive recipes all the time uh, just quality ingredients makes quality food you know you, you can't have really delicious food without quality ingredients that you know that are fresh uh, and you can make delicious meals simply with you know, fresh, delicious ingredients, high quality foods. You know, you don't have to do a, a 20 step uh, Michelin star bloody meal every night. It's not realistic. And you know, you, you have a certain amount of the time of the day that you do need to allocate to cooking, especially if you want to put on weight. But uh, you can keep it simple and delicious by learning those kind of basic skills of cooking, um, spice matchings, pairings, uh, and just experimenting with it a little bit, playing with it a little bit. A good date idea is to cook something together, cook dinner together, save a bit of money from going out, 
uh, and it's kind of a bit more interactive uh, and a bit more fun that way. That's a good one to do. And then you can both learn together as well. Uh, so that was a cooking offshoot. So we're kind of talking about cleaning up the diet. Yeah, I mean, throw out everything processed, anything that comes in a packet. Uh, only really eat stuff that can, you know, if it goes off in a few days, which is a good sign, you know, minus like rice or potatoes or, you know, those kind of longer term things, but fresh fruit that does decay after a while. If something can sit on the, I use this as like a rule of thumb uh, for some foods, like, is this healthy? Okay, would it be able to just stay on the shelf and be fine to eat for months? Uh, it's probably not the best thing for you because of all the preservatives and other fake food kind of mimicking ingredients that enable it to just sit on the shelf and not decay is uh, not really natural and overall not really a, a good time. So that's another rule to use. Uh, interesting little experiment to go uh, into your supermarket next time you're shopping and to look at the actually ingredients of uh, most of the processed foods, whether they're chips or you know, those frozen pizzas and, and all the rest of that ready-made stuff is just look uh, at the ingredients and look for vegetable oil or canola oil or vegetable shortenings, you know, these kind of industrial seed oils that they manage to slip in everything. Uh, it's really a bit absurd. Same with margarine. That's what they make margarine. I can't believe it's not butter. Yeah, because it's a toxic bloody plant uh, abomination of butter. It's not really a good thing. <laughs> um... But yeah, cleaning out the diet just kind of depends how... If you can go to a farm's market, that's really good. Uh, you know, local food's always better. They're usually organic, uh, which makes a difference as well. A bit more expensive, but not even really. Like, yeah, maybe $15, $20 difference uh, compared to eating in the, in the, you know, the major supermarket foods, but it's worth it. And it's an investment in your health and spending any kind of amount of money not any amount of money, obviously be within reason, but spending a little bit extra uh, to get some quality food is uh, worth as weight in gold because you're gonna feel better, you're gonna just have a better quality of life uh, and that's gonna lead you to want to make more money as well. So that's how I see it. Tastes better, your general just life is, is better when you're getting good quality foods that energize you and have the nutrition inside it. Otherwise, you're just buying empty food and, you know, there's processed things, which is just like a hit of calories and nothing else. Uh, so if you really want to clean up your diet, I think you have to learn to just, I guess, uh, frame it as like, I'm going to do what's best for my body. I'm going to do what's best for how I feel. Uh, and I'm not going to allow myself the weakness uh, to just be like, oh yeah, go on then, I'll have five Tim Tams, chocolate biscuits, you know. It's, you eat it and then, okay, cool, now what? It's this weird toxic thing that's going through your body and, and wreaking havoc. Uh, and, you know, was the 10 minutes of eating it worth it? Probably not. Um, you know, you have a few bites and you get taste, yeah, cool. Uh, it's much more satisfying to really respect your body and, and just, you know, only put in good quality food uh, that mostly that you mostly prepare yourself or if you're eating out get something get something substantial not a uh, deep fried vegetable oil stuff uh, or just you know processed bread and cheese at a pizza or something it's just yeah I mean at a certain point you got to grow up and be like okay am I going to chase the uh, the mouth feel the, the temporary mouth feel of the taste or am I just going to go okay no I'll, I want to make a, a change and not allow myself to go down that road anymore and I'm going to feel better for it and it's going to be good for the most part. You know, no one's going to be 100%, but when you're cheating every second day, it's just like, oh, am I cheating or is it like I just have a willpower problem or a, a discipline problem at that point? So let yourself get away with it a little bit, but for the most part, when you're cleaning up your diet, you have to make some kind of grander life decisions and uh, personality decisions, I guess, um, and your relationship with yourself and how much you respect your body and, and all the rest of it. Same with like, I think it's partially just maturing in general, but you can mature at a young or early age. Uh, so it's not about age, but rather, you know, your emotional maturity and how you develop that way. If you can imagine your body as an engine, car engine, 
what's going to happen when you put the wrong fuel in? If anyone has done this and completely fucked their engine up, uh, they'll attest to it, but you put the wrong fuel in something that's not made for it and it's going to stuff the engine up. Your body is no different. The human body is amazingly resilient, so much so that you can get away with eating garbage and putting the wrong fuel in your body, but only for a while. Uh, I mean, people can go years eating garbage uh, and it will catch up to them, but the performance of the engine during that time would be diminished heavily. So the human body can handle running on empty fumes for a, for a long time, but that's, that's, that's not saying that it's going to be performing optimally. And just because you can get by on eating junk food and occasionally eating good, uh, but always cheating on your diet and all the rest of it, if you haven't really cracked the surface of how good it feels to be healthy entirely and, and not have those foods that are going to bring you down in your diet at all. That's the aim. If we could aim for 100% uh, adherence to a quality diet, then you're going to feel a million bucks. And it takes a while to kind of kick in. Uh, obviously, day to day, you'll feel better. But consistently eating well over a period of months, you literally feel like a different person. And you will look like a different person as well. You'll gain muscle. You'll lose fat. You're, there's more res uh, energy in your eyes. Your skin looks better. Uh, if you're eating things like carrots, then you get beta carotene, you get a glow to your skin, uh, you know, all the general fruits and veggies, uh, meat, eggs, all those things which are going to enable your body to produce collagen, which means your skin looks fuller and repairs better. All of these follow-on effects that happen from cleaning up your diet and being consistent with it. So once you learn the basics of eating, take charge and start to respect your body. It changes your perspective overall. If you can think to yourself, why do, I, why do I think that it's okay for me to treat my body like shit by putting in these toxic processed foods that I personally don't even think taste good, but some people say, oh, it's so yummy. So they slog it down and, and they'll think that that's all right because you know they're treating it themselves or whatever. It goes back to that other idea that you shouldn't reward yourself with stuff that actively harms you. So fast food, if, you, if you've hit the gym and be like, yes, now I've earned my fast food, you're just taking one step forward and one step back. So I would advise against doing that. But internalize the idea that you are deserving of quality food and you're going to treat your body like you would another person and be nice to it. And that relationship with the self which is okay, okay. I think that I deserve to spend a little bit more money on food uh, and get the good quality stuff because that's going to come back and, and multiply in terms of the benefit tenfold. Um, I'm going to put the effort into preparing my own food. I'm not going to be lazy and, and buy takeaway, whether that's, you know, that's going to harm you because either you're not getting enough calories because takeaway I find is usually not enough calories to sustain what I would need to do in terms of my muscle building, what I need to eat. Or it's just plain bad food for you if you're getting fried stuff or even if it's like a healthy salad, it's lettuce, it's chicken, uh, factory farm chicken, you got a mayonnaise sauce in there, dressing or whatever, which is made from seed oils. Uh, none of it is really nutritious in that sense. So even though you think you're eating healthy, the natural way of these fast food chains, even if they are the health food or whatever, subways, you know, garbage as well. Some people think, yeah, it's a healthy alternative. No, it's not, it's a start. It's just a matter of what happens when a business gets so big that they scale and they mass produce things, you're never gonna get the quality that you would kind of shopping at farmer's market and putting the time in yourself. So try and internalize that, make sure that you feel like you truly should deserve not compromising on your diet and overall that's going to be great for your mindset your body uh your body composition and all the rest of it so you see food as fuel for the nutritional quality within it uh see processed stuff as poison which it is and once you can internalize that no longer do you crave the junk food so because why would you crave something that harms you Look at it as poison. I, I liken this to seeing the matrix code finally kind of come down over your eyes when you're looking at food. It's like, okay, what's in that? Is it protein? Is it fat? 
uh, carbohydrates and the micronutrients going to be good and also the kind of esoteric side of it of okay was the animal humanely raised is it going to be good energy within that um i think the best food you could possibly get obviously not everyone can do this i don't do it myself but hunting i think you know wild animals would just be the perfectly supercharged food out in the wild no contaminants uh i've heard people like joe rogan say that that kind of meat that like elk meat is awesome and you feel a million bucks after eating that so i it's kind of the same principle if you eat a mass-produced factory farmed meat which is horrible by the way then it's not going to be as nutritional quality even though it's technically still meat to meat and the amount of meat to the amount of meat there's micronutrients there's how is the animal treated there's how was the animal raised on seed uh feed rather than grass-fed uh, all those kinds of things just go on behind the scenes to the quality of the meat um which you need to consider as well uh so that matrix code what's actually behind the food let's not consider the taste factor for now um from now on you're not someone who treats your body like an amusement park you're no longer trading cheap temporary mouthfeel for the negative health benefits and dysfunction um do you want to be around for your kids do you want to have the energy to play with your kids when they're older or do you want to succumb to the modern miasma of horrific processed foods no energy artificial light all of that concoction which just spits humans out at the other end is this malformed diseased lethargic creature which barely resembles the the vitality that humans are capable of um so that's something to think about <clears throat> eat only whole foods prepare yourself no processing nothing packaged cut alcohol seed oils making these changes alone will result in physique improvements uh, you're getting no toxic estrogenic byproducts and things, no empty calories, not giving your body what it needs. Emphasize high quality fats to synthesize crucial hormones like testosterone, quality amino acids from free range grass fed animal protein to repair the muscles. Um, making sure that you're eating enough or not too much uh, might seem daunting for some. Personally, I've never counted calories or macros. It's a tedious step. I would say not needed for most. Once you have a rough idea of the ballpark of what you should be eating, can't be off by hundreds of calories, but if you're within 100 calories, um, also I, I think if you're having a, a hearty serving of protein, a lot of carbohydrates and a few fats with your main meals, and then healthy snacks like fruit, protein shake here and there, raw eggs or cooked eggs in between with a bit of toast, that's like a basic framework for you can stick with that and not have to, have to get with the counting calories bit down the line until you're, you know, really want to dial it down. As long as you're in the ballpark of calories, um, you hit that for a while, you'll feel better. In general, if you make a diet change away from processed foods, you'll just naturally gain muscle and lose fat anyway, separately to just the calorie side of it. Um, usually if you're trying to put on weight, this means eating more. Uh, you don't have to count the calories as such. It's a good idea to get an idea of how much you should be eating. But if you're not putting on weight, just eat more. That's what I did. It's, it's intuitive. It's like, okay, I want to put on weight. What have I been eating the last few weeks? It's not getting me where I want. Let's add a glass of milk. Let's add four raw eggs. Let's add a bit of toast and some fruit, roughly 400, 500 calories extra and see how that goes and stick with that. You don't want to blast off and expand your stomach to the nth degree straight away because that's unsustainable. So just add little things like that. <clears throat> um, lifting weights, of course, means the extra calories will go to the good use. Um, translate to lower body fat, improve mental faculties when your brain has all the micronutrients uh, that, that, it, that it needs to perform. Um, yeah, so where do you start if you don't know what to eat, if you have no clue? Uh, I do have uh, a book out now, so you can discover how I eat the way I have to create my physique. Without the headaches of measuring food, without 20-step recipes that no one has time for, without compromising on taste, food that I cook in 15 minutes, you know, food that you can be sure that I've used to support my bodybuilding goals and my health uh, my health ideas um, throughout my life. Um, food that you can be sure is helping you get you where you need to be. 
The typical bro diet neglects micronutrients and taste. You know, the bland chicken breast, broccoli, rice, with no mention, there's no mention of probiotics or gut health, which are essential in terms of if you want to create the best mental performance as well. Uh, my diet framework contains essential digestive enzymes that help break down what you eat. Something like pineapple has bromelain in it, so the animal food that you are taking in is being supported to be broken down within the stomach so you can absorb more of it. Whole food probiotics like sauerkraut that promote uh, and support neurotransmitter production and the gut microbiome, that's where all of the uh, dopamine and things are created in the gut. So check out Cooking with Solbra. It's your complete guide to eating food that will take your physique to the next level. If you stick to the foods within this guide, guys, you'll you'll really see improvement and that's all the way I eat to get to where I've gotten. So if you don't know what to eat, you don't know what to avoid, uh, it's a simple step-by-step kind of thing uh, that you can check out at my Gumroad. So above all, it's delicious. Uh, I really think you'll enjoy it. So check out the link. I'm going to put a link in the description of this podcast. So if that sounds like something you're interested in, then for sure, check it out. So I'll be getting a lot of messages asking me about my skin routine, I guess, and how I use coconut oil and no shampoo idea. So instead of replying to a thousand messages, I figured I would break it down a little bit here. So what I do for my skin now is fairly limited. I rinse with water, I wash with water, and I moisturize and I use a... Sukin facial moisturizer has uh, it's a natural product that has uh, not all of the parabens and SL sulfates and all those all the other garbage kind of things that you don't really need in a moisturizer. <clears throat> I'm sure you can find a natural product uh, that's locally produced that's that would be good for you as well. Just make sure it's non-comedogenic, which means that the structure of the oils is going to enable your facial oils to leave the skin rather than locking it in because that can clog pores and and further on but I find that my skin is the best the the more time that I spend out in the sun and in salt water so I was recently on holiday and my skin hasn't really looked better uh, than when I was out and about all day in the sun Uh, my skin gets worse the more time I'm spending indoors and under fluorescent light and all the rest of it Uh, whether that's a result of the direct sunlight on the skin or just the general hormonal changes and anti-stress stuff that goes on behind the scenes which then manifests as a clearer skin I don't know Um, you know you can look into that yourself but I think there are several triggers that some people find for instance dairy seems to blow some people's skin up I don't think I have that issue uh, due to my European heritage I think I've evolved to deal with dairy products fairly well so I, I don't find that much difference in my own skin when I cut out dairy but that can be something for some people uh, some people process sugars and fast foods into flare up their skin and alcohol and to all that I go well of course <laughs> you should have cut those things out of your diet anyway for the myriad of other health negatives that they bring so that's kind of like a, well yeah no wonder um, coconut oil is the only body moisturizer that I use and I'll apply that all over my body after the shower. Uh, That seems to work wonders as uh, to keeping the skin healthy and looking good. You get a nice little sheen. Uh, If I'm sunbathing, I'll make sure that I put that on to help moisturize the skin. Uh, I got pretty bad sunburn uh, the day that I was out in the sun, in the Australian sun all day, but I apply coconut oil literally every half hour and it, the skin kind of seemed to drink it up and then by the next day I was just brown. Uh, so that's really good. Didn't have any peeling. So I think <clears throat> it's really important to keep your skin hydrated when you're out in the sun, uh, especially if you're not using sunscreen and probably don't overdo it like I did and make sure you have shade and everything once you've uh, given your skin that hit, hit of the sun that it needs. Uh, no shampoo. So... I haven't used shampoo in, I mean, well over a year now that I've fully cut it out. Um, I'll just rinse with water, I'll comb it all the time and apply a little bit of coconut oil as a kind of conditioner. 
uh, once I'm out of the shower, if it is feeling a bit dry, just to the ends of the coconut oil. So you're not swabbing the whole, your whole head in coconut oil because that can look a bit greasy. Um, but that's a really good one. Again, natural moisturizer. It's all you need. Once the scalp realizes that it's not being assaulted by these chemical shampoos that are stripping your scalp of the natural oils, then it rebalances and your hair gets a lot healthier, uh, has more volume to it. And the amount of people that have messaged me saying that this has changed their hair for the better is innumerable. So give it a try, throw out the shampoo. It's a waste of money, you don't need it. Uh, make sure that you're washing just with warm water uh, and rinsing if you're near a beach. Go wild with that. Seawater is always good. Give it a good scrub. Uh, but otherwise, just let your hair do its thing. As for most of the skin, like facial skin, I used to have an elaborate facial skincare routine where I would use a cleanser and then an exfoliant and all the rest of it. But I haven't noticed it really doing much good, like noticeable good in that I use the product and it's amazing and then it stops and then my skin goes bad. I haven't really noticed that. Um, I think the best, at least for me, has been to be outside a lot, uh, rinse with water and then moisturize um, at night as well. But whenever you're kind of rinsing oils off your skin to moisturize and make sure that it's all protected, that seems to be the best way to improve your skin as well as uh, supplementing zinc is a huge one. Um, so this, the zinc that you can take, uh, zinc orotate I think is the most absorbable form of zinc. There's also methyl sulfuromethane, MSM. If you just Google MSM it'll supplement, it'll come up. Um, that helps within the production of collagen and supporting your hair, skin and nails, uh, all the rest of it. And of course, eating collagenous materials in the form of animal products. So the joints, uh, joint material and like the bits in between the muscle meat on the steak, the fat, all of the bits up to the bone. Um, I think if you're gonna be eating animal products, then you should try and eat nose to tail. Uh, the nose to tail philosophy is the idea that, you know, over thousands of years, if we were to kill a deer in the wilds, then we would not have wasted any part of it. We would have consumed the bone marrow, we would have consumed the brain, the eyes, uh, the liver, uh, rather than just the Western idea of eating muscle meat only. Um, I think if you're doing carnivore and you're only eating steaks, you're going to be missing out on a lot of nutrition. I think you have to mix it up with consuming bone marrow, making bone broth, eating organ meats um, to, to really get all of the parts uh, and nutrition that you need if you are only eating animal products. Um, so that's that one. Eating a lot of carrots, you get beta carotene, increase the tone of your skin, sun of course. Uh, and that's really it. That's pretty simple. Uh, of course, otherwise healthy eating, loads and loads of water, uh, four liters a day, roughly a gallon uh, is a good ballpark. Um, I think if you have a liter in the morning, you have a, a lot of fruit has water in it as well. Uh, it's fairly easy to get to. And if, if you have a hot sweating day then you're obviously going to be drinking more and if you're just chilling not really exerting yourself then you're not going to be expending a lot of water either um, so that's not a hard and fast rule with the four liters but it's a good ballpark and if you're smaller you'll have a bit less if you're bigger you'll you'll have a bit more so there are a few skin tips for you going to end the soul cast with a poetry reading this one is called and death shall have no dominion by dylan thomas and death shall have no dominion dead man naked they shall be one with the man in the wind and the west moon when their bones are picked clean and the clean bones gone they shall have stars at elbow and foot Though they go mad, they shall be sane. Though they sink through the sea, they shall rise again. 
Though lovers be lost, love shall not, and death shall have no dominion. And death shall have no dominion under the windings of the sea. They, lying long, shall not die windily, twisting on racks when sinews give way, strapped to a wheel, yet they shall not break. Faith in their hands shall snap in two, and the unicorn evils run them through. Split all ends up, they shan't crack, and death shall have no dominion. And death shall have no dominion. No more may gulls cry at their ears, or waves break loud on the seashores. Where blew a flower, may a flower no more lift its head to the blows of the rain. Though they be mad and dead as nails, heads of the characters hammer through daisies, break in the sun till the sun breaks down, and death shall have no dominion. So a pretty intense one there. Uh, I think a lot of beautiful imagery, even if it is a bit macabre. Um, so look that up if you're interested. Dylan Thomas and Death Shall Have No Dominion. A long time since the last Soulcast episode and I apologize greatly for that. I've been busy, but we'll be getting back into more frequent posting, looking out for my Soulcast episode with Lobo. I know a lot of you have very excited for that one. So go check him out at Elobo Savage on Twitter. And also my friend Holistic Bra. Uh, we're going to be having a joint podcast coming out soon. So keep your eyes peeled. Again, we're going to, get, going to be getting these out more frequently. So thank you for your patience. And thanks for listening to the Soulcast. We'll catch you next time. <laughs>